You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Startup Nightmares. Startup Nightmares is a podcast that aims to inspire those who work in the startup world to do the best work they can, the best way possible, while dodging some bullets doing so. Let's just be a bit more human here. All of these people started needing stuff from me. Don't feel like you're on your own, because you're, you're never on your own. But I'm paying this person a good wage, why isn't that enough? And that doesn't make me special. What is making me special is my deeper story. People need a sense of purpose to feel motivated in their job. Wake up at five in the morning and like go to the gym for an hour. Like, what the fuck is that? You're sitting at your desk crying and you're like, what happened? I had no idea how to monetize anything. I was like, ah, everybody gets a title. You get a title. You get a title. Either pay me or I will sue you. All of our guests have been to the dark side of the innovation ecosystem and came back to tell their tale. You can use this. This is how you get there. It is not a secret anymore. My name is Tal Shmueli, and I will be your host. Hiyam Regev, welcome to the show. Wow, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Two microphones and four people on the set. Almost as usual, by the way. Hiyam, <laughs> um... We go a while back, but the people who are listening and watching the shows don't know who you are. So let's kick it off with the basics. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? So I, I, I originally am I'm a farm boy from the northern part of Israel. So I, I managed the family uh, cattle farm for, uh, for a few years. It's a huge cattle farm. And then, you know, I think that most of my nightmare uh, roots were rooted uh, uh, over there. And then I, tend, I tried to study in university. It was, um, it was a nightmare. We'll speak about it probably um, later on as well. And then a friend of mine called me that, uh, and asked me to um, create or build with him a web marketing agency. Um, so, so I did. Why did he call you? Like, Ram, I, I, Yam, I know, you, I know you, you're very good with the cows. I think you'll be an excellent marketer. Let's talk. Um, something like that. Something like that. I, I had another business before that. It was like a smoothie um, shake bar. Right, it was like all over the country. It was like quite a big operation back really? then. Really, you didn't know it? No, no, really. So um, yeah, it was like it called Shakespeareans, which is an awful branding. You know, it was a huge operation. We did all those huge festivals, you know, Bereshit and Bombamella and all that. Um, it was the best um, cash cow uh, that I had in my in my life, better than anything uh, that I'm doing right now. That's for sure. And then you know, I I think that I started to build my own management skills, and then my body saw that and. Then he just uh, told me, yeah, let's do this web marketing agency for our, for our own businesses in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, we did that. Um, I was the CEO of the company. We grew to be um, 80 people around, around the world. Uh, it was an $11 million a year kind of business. So it was a big operation. And then I was the CEO for four and a half years. Then I uh, sold my shares over there. And then I started to work in a startup named Webidoo. period of time over there built me the way I am today, the, the way I'm managing, the way that I'm uh, self-managing myself, the way I see professional life um, as a whole. At Webidoo, we raised $18 million uh, back then. Webidoo, for whoever don't, don't know, so that's like um, weeks, but for B2B. And at, at Webidoo, I, I met my uh, co-founder in, my, in the yellow crime that we call uh, Zest. So that's who you are and what you do. And what about the motivation that keep you in the morning, make sure that you get out of bed and start ticking away? 
Right, that, that's a good question, and I'll try to be as transparent as I, as I, as, as I am. You know, this is um, part of my uh, characteristics. I'm very uh, revenue-oriented. Um, I like money. I like business. That's what keeps me motivated. I don't really care if I will be the best entrepreneur or the best marketer or the best, I don't know. Uh, for me, it's all about uh, the money. I know it sounds shallow, uh, but for, I, I discovered that that's what keeps me uh, motivated, um, and I really hope that the path that I chose it will lead me to um, a place where I'll be like... Uh, Stable, secure, yeah, satisfied. Exactly. And then I found myself that each path that I'm working on, I'm becoming good at uh, with a lot of self-thought, we can say. And eventually I'm enjoying the path and I'm, I'm learning a lot from the, from the path itself. Uh, but, but yet what I want to achieve is to be like... Financially. Said, yeah. And how is that coming along? I'm um, not that good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I think it's, it's more about um, uh, the long-term kind of uh, uh, target, or I hope so. But on, on, uh, on the same note, the path itself, that, uh, as I described, is so fulfilling, and I'm discovering so many things about, uh, about myself that I, th- that I think that are um, impacting my three pillars. I, I divide all, uh, each one of us into three different pillars. We have the personal pillar, we have the professional pillar, and we have the business pillar. And they cannot be not balanced. So if my professional pillar, you know, I'm working on my to be more more professional um, and as time goes by and this pillar is growing, so then the you could say fulfillment platform is sideways, sideways. kind of going and down. And then it's not stable and then it will probably, I don't know, break. So what I'm trying to do is to build my professional pillar and to grow my business pillar and to grow my personal pillar. And I I I saw that in the past few years I build too much, uh, I grow too much my professional pillar. Um, and then I saw that I left behind my personal pillar, which is my family, my friends. You know it, you know, I wasn't that available for life um, as a whole. Um, I think I missed a few good years of my, um, a, you know, a daughter's going up um, process. So I hope that now I'll be able to uh, close those gaps. When, when people hear, you know, I'm in it for the money, it might translate to something very superficial, but that's not the case. It's not, I want to get the biggest cash out I can out of, out of, my, out of my time. It's, if you wanted, you could have sold your services for 50,000, 60,000. There's another layer, much more profound to that, which, sure. we'll, uh, which we'll touch on. Let's jump straight into your first experience as an executive in a startup. You joined Webidoo. What year was that? 2012. 2012. Yeah. How many people were working at the company back then? Um, if I'm not wrong, around the 10 to 11, something like that. And at the height of Webidoo's uh, journey, how around many people? 85 to 90. 85 to 90. Yep. And that's with uh, nearly $20 million in the bank. Yep. I think that they, they uh, fundraised 3 to $4 million. Back then, we did um, collaboration with uh, Google. So we, we built or we founded a daughter company of both Google and, and Webidoo for Israeli affairs. And then we pivoted back. It's, it wasn't really a pivot, but it's like a business pivot because if Google wants to do a strategic partnership with you, you're pivoting. Again, it's not for the product, it's for the business um, um, aspect of it. And then we pivoted back to do global expansion for Webidoo, um, you know, as it is, as the solution suggests. And um, they brought me to be as the CMO to do this global um, expansion. And that's where uh, things started to um, both kick off and kick down, we can say. In a good way, of course. We are, ju- I'm, you know, I'm sharing thoughts and feelings, right? So that's. And it's been a while since, right? What, two, three years since we do? Since I left, um, three years. Yeah. Three years. Okay. Um, so everything has cooled down since. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, no way. Vice versa. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's, I'm, I'm it's taking... all about magnitude. <laughs> magnitude. You know, it's each ta- each year I dis- I'm discovering that um, the previous year was so calm and quiet compared to to this year as far as relate to everything in my life. What was it like not being in full command when joining a startup? I think that in the perspective of marketing professional, we can divide it because you have marketing professionals who work in agencies and you have marketing professionals who work in product-based, yeah, product-based uh, uh, startups. And that's, you know, those two animals are so different because in one end you are giving services for others and then and the other end when you're, pro- you're working in a product-based company, so you, are, you, you own your own uh, shit, right? You cannot roll over responsibilities. I think you have le- less room to play. 
uh, with it's Slack. also very much close to the business results. Yeah, and also to uh, where the company is heading to, because if you will not uh, deliver growth as a marketing professional or as a marketing leader, and, and you are part of the board, or if you are going to the, or you're participating in a board meeting, so the eyes are at you. They're looking at you, and then you need to deliver all results or explanations. Basically, the co-founders go into a board meeting, start making promises, and one of the people who is most accountable for keeping those promises is you. Yeah. And you're not necessarily in the room when those promises are made. Um, um, it, it, in WebIDU, um, back then, so yes, all the executives or most of the executives are part of the board meeting, although they're not part of the board, but that's something that was super nice that uh, the CEO and the co-founder um, determined that the, the, exec- the chief executives will be part of the board meeting, although they're not part of the board. So that was a great experience for me as well to understand how, what are the dynamics within the board, how it works, how this, what is the structure, how to prepare investors to the board meeting and all that. Uh, but that put you, put you um, on a lot of pressure. It's something that um, I wasn't familiar with when I uh, was the CEO of my own company. Because you didn't uh, have a board. No, I didn't have a board. It was only me and my co-founders. Uh, we had executives and we had uh, team leaders and we, have, we had all that. But um, we didn't really had. Um, any Invest your money. Yeah, so you are um, you are wasting your own money in this perspective, and you are you can feel f- fully complete um, about it. But once you f- play with other people' uh, money, then some sort of obligation comes. Then stress level uh, goes goes up, and then uh, sleeping hours <laughs> going down. Did you know what you were getting yourself into when you joined Webidoo back then? Before I started, of course, that I said yes, and I felt, uh, I'll tell you a horrible story. You know, I'll, uh, a horrible uh, story is, is my middle name. Uh, uh, I'll do that. I'm not sure why I did it now. I, I'll tell it, you know, I'm so embarrassed. But when I wanted the job, um, the CEO of, of uh, the co-founder of Webidoo, he was um, a mate of mine. You know, he was like a friend. And then uh, we met at some party. Um, and then, you know, I, I left uh, my job over there, my, the company that I co-founded, and then, you know, I, I uh, consulted them, uh, Webidoo, and then we said, all right, let's uh, hug each other harder. And then, uh, you know, they asked me to join as a CMO, and then I said, all right, that's a great opportunity. I will create um, a go-to-market strategy or a marketing strategy or a growth strategy. I can't remember what exactly was it. And I will, I will send it to them, you know, as um, something that you do. I know you didn't ask me to do so, but I will do it. Anyway. Anyway, and then you will see how good I am, right? So then I, then I did, I, I, I spent, I don't know, a few good hours, um, probably 24 hours or 28 hours on that as a whole. And then I printed. That was the second mistake, of course. And then I, um, you know, I came to the CEO office, so secure myself, you know, just like that. And I said, all right, there you go. This is the GTM, the go-to-market strategy. And I throw it, throw it on, the, on the CEO's desk. So you hear paper hitting. Pow! table and then that's you, you the ceo already understand that something is wrong with this dude because it's paper and you know we're a startup so what's what's wrong man and then you know i just said all right just read it and come back to me and then we'll start we'll kick off and we'll conquer the, the universe right and then and then i think it was like um um the ceo came to me probably a few hours later we met there was some sort of a meeting i was with those friends and said listen man it's not um it's not that it's not um like we want you we still want you but that's not how you behave. That's not how you deliver. Like you don't deliver things on paperwork, right? You cannot go and just be so confident with yourself because you are hurting yourself. When you do that, if the product that you deliver is not what they expected to. And, you know, we didn't really speak about what they need. What I, just, I just was too secure and confident with myself. So I just did it. Um, and then he said, and by the way, the, the plan is shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. And that's, that's how I kicked off. And then I said, all right, okay. So that was one, you know, it's like um, taking, um, like hitting a dog on the nose. Like, yeah. Don't do that. It's, it's not good. It's like a no, no, no. Yeah, but in, in a good way, not uh, like you do to dogs. And, um, but that is all right. So it's only one, you know, hit on the nose. Uh, I will recover. And I believe that uh, the next few, the next two years were much worse uh, than that. Um, again, nothing too personal, although it affected my personal being and professional being as well. But it was like that. We call it, me, me and the CEO, we call this period of time that we broke plates on each other's heads all the time. Not because we fought and stuff like that, but because we tried to find the fit. There wasn't a fit between my, I think, expectations, capabilities, abilities, professional level, and what the CEO 
wanted to achieve, what he saw in his mind as far as related to marketing, branding, product marketing, uh, demand generation. And Was everything. the CEO a, a marketing person in his heart? No, and it took me uh, as, a while to understand that. I think that he's not a marketing, he, don't, he is not aware of what are the marketing You know, um, the metrics. lingo, the metrics, the KPIs. Yeah. Um, he knows that we need it. He knows that he needs it. He knows that the board needs it. But it doesn't mean that he knows why we should be so whatever, why the tone of voice should be um, whatever, groovy or firm, for instance, right? He, he doesn't really uh, know that. He, he knew that. He doesn't really knew that, but um, he knew that things need to um, scale. He knew that things need to grow. He knew that uh, we need to do paid. campaigns, he knew that we need to do organic stuff, he knew, he knew that there, there is such thing as branding, tone of voice, style guide, etc., etc., and he was really good at these kind of things, so we don't know those kind of people, you know, that are super professional at, at, at everything. So a few questions on, the, on that first experience. As the CEO of your own agency, the feedback you would receive was from employees leaving or wanting to join, and from customers who are happy or unhappy. Now, you have to deliver internally, and What was it like receiving harsh, to-the-point, unapologetic feedback from someone? It's a very dark place. And before I came here, I said, my, I'm, my own, I'm my Freddy Krueger. You're your own I, Freddy Krueger. I'm my own Freddy Krueger because I, I, I take myself into those nightmares, which I know that um, I, I'm not going to sleep well, um, if we we'll continue to use this metaphor, and I just... keep on doing it to myself. I'm not sure why. We can maybe, we can open it That's up. That's a question you know? on my notes. All right, all right. So let's, <laughs> let's try it. Let's dig in. But um, it's a place where you need that, you know, you, you know that you need to sleep, but you don't want to. So it's a place where you need to go to Sunday. You need to kick off Sunday. You have the um, weekly kickoff with your CEO, but you don't want to be there because you know that it's going to be a nightmare. A shit show. Yeah. It's got, you, you don't even know how to, what's the title for the agenda. Of course, you know that you need to put a title for the agenda, but you don't know if you'll invent some sort of title, how he will react to that. Now, let's just put a huge disclaimer around everything before we dive in even deeper. Um, the CEO of Webidoo um, is one of the three persons that made me who I am today, for good and bad, but especially for good. So the first one was my co-founder, Tom, Tom Cole, the, from the web marketing agency that we built. He really, you know, he put a foundation for who I am today. And then Shmulik, the CEO of Webidoo, I think that he t- took me for, from, if Tom took me for one, from zero to one or to 100, Shmulik took me from 100 to a million. And I think that he done, my co-founder right now with that, he took me from one million to one, for, to one billion. And with each of them, we had a lot of um, um, friction in a good way, of course, but friction is friction, right? You generate heat, heat and then you need to handle it. So that's just a huge disclaimer about everything because although I suffered, Um, I, w- I wouldn't uh, be the person I am today, not personally speaking, not professionally speaking. So everything I say is in a good context, um, and they just want others to maybe to listen, learn, and to understand that we're all um, experiencing some sort of ni- nightmares wherever we are. And if we've um, been able to understand that this is a huge milestone or a huge kind of bricks that we put in our pyramid that we build ourselves, So it's so important to understand that and then to know that the way is long and it might be shitty right now, but that's who we are. Oh, that's how we are becoming who we are right now. So when you joined around 10 people, give or take in the company, did you have to, what was your negotiation like for the title of CMO? Did you negotiate your own salary, your resources, your position in the team? So first of all, I, I knew that I'm going to um, generate less revenues for myself. That's the business business. Pillar, as, as I said before, um, because as, uh, bef- between, between the, com- the web marketing agency and Webidoo, so I was a freelance, you know, I consulted uh, to other companies and as a consultant, you not really get your hands dirty that much, right? You can point things. That today when I'm doing advisory, I'm, I'm much more um, hands-on and I'm much more involved, but back then it was really, I don't know, it was very fluffy, but... Giving good. advice... Yeah, you know, just meeting the people, um, pointing on stuff, do that, let's meet next week, let's see um, what will happen or not, and that's, that's how it, uh, it, it went. And then at, at Webidoo, so I understood I need, to, um, uh, I need to build my own personal brand, and personal brand start with your, with your core, I think, titles probably, that you are in the responsibilities, right? So I, I, I didn't want to be a VP, a VPM, like a VP marketing, I knew that it should be a, um, a chief marketing officer. VPs, like startups give away VP titles, 
Yeah, it's like um, non-executive. I, I think you know it's very different, right? It's like uh, it's very it's like biology. It's not really like mathematics, but but it's all about tit- um, yeah, giving titles away. We can say it's kind of like um, being a cell in a way. It's like the cell of, of the startup was. Yeah, I will recognize your uh, seniority and expertise, but we're not give going to give you a seat at the table. Something like that. In a way, exactly. I don't want to be disrespectful to VPs who are doing amazing work, but. Sometimes younger startups use that as a way to pay you less money, but also show you some respect. Yeah, I think that it goes, uh, you know, even if you look on a, a mid-position kind of level, so you have head of departments, that head of department, I think it's a non-formal kind of um, a position. And I think that each one of us need to remember that once we will need to show off, we can say our LinkedIn uh, profile or, the CV, or our CV, so it's quite important to know, to pinpoint And to and determine quite uh, clearly what you did, how you did it, if you can quantify you know your impact at the company, so that's even better. But the title is is important. It's like a cornerstone in, in your in your in, in your journey. So I knew that I need to be um, a chief marketing officer, not a v, VP marketing at Webidoo. Uh, we negotiated um, um, the salary, so I you know I wanted something and then I um, accepted 50 percent um, uh, of it. Eventually, that was um, the delta fifty percent yeah, and I think that um um at some point when we negotiated, I understood two things first of all that uh, my fi- my salary job expectation fit is we have no fit uh, uh, over there, and the other thing is that i as the more I met the people over there because they were already they got their hands so dirty dirty already in a good way in in the startup world, so I said all right, it's sounds uh, so different from what I did till now, so I need to. It's good to, to me to go through this path. I didn't know that it will be different in the product world, you know, like product-based company and all that, but I, I felt that something is going to be so different. I didn't even uh, know that uh, they're going to disassemble me and then, um, you know, yeah, put you back together up. in a yeah. different way. You, you mentioned that quote to me a couple of times, but let's go back to the negotiation. So one was your title. Uh, which you insisted on the other one was your salary which we, you were flexible because you realized okay there's other forms of value I can extract from that company sure. did you have to um, negotiate the resources for the team the hiring the roadmap you know once we once we agreed and once I put together um, a good uh, or good enough I hope a kind of marketing plan so we understood uh, what are the resources that uh, that I need um, and I think that quite early on I understood that um, CMO it's like a mini CEO of Uh, within the company in two ways first of all you manage quite a big kind of pnl uh, profit and loss yeah units. exactly the same as the business runs money right? comes in money needs yeah. to come back out and it has to balance out exactly it's a business unit for everything in the business you need to function as a business as a business and startup is a business not everyone not all those businesses are profitable of course or sustainable but they they uh, manage themselves as as businesses and marketing or everything that is customer faced within a startup Uh, like departments you know marketing sales customer success support all those user face we can say departments need to operate the same way so we need to have operations and they need to have at the mean we can say or finance you have a lot of legal stuff right because you work with a lot of third parties and, and all that so you understand you're like a mini CEO within the company as a mini CEO you need to grow a few more elbows f- against the CEO or with the CEO we can say you Because um, the CEO cannot say, all right, so you have $20,000 budget um, a month. You should use it for paid acquisition or to, you know, I, I can tell them, I don't want to use it for paid acquisition. I want to take $5,000 uh, out of my budget and to hire two interns that will do whatever, something on, on Facebook. If someone tells you that you cannot do that, you're not in, good, in a good place or in a good position even, we can say, uh, because again, you need to. You know push so, those so elbows. The, the title doesn't necessarily promise you the autonomy you need to carry out your action plan yeah uh, which is which is so subtle you could be a CMO but your role would be super hollow because the CEO she's a fierce marketer herself and you'll just be her her executor yep. in a way so that's that's interesting that's good to put a finger on that specifically what were the points of friction for you as a CMO in the company? Oh, there are so many so many I think that um it was all about understanding as, as a marketer right to understand the the voice and tone um, of the company it was so I don't know it was so stupid 
back then because I, I didn't know even uh, that things like that um, are so important, especially when you do B2B kind of um, um, activities or, or marketing activities. The voice and tone are so important. What are the words that you need to use? What is the, the, um, the tone that you need to use uh, in order to, um, that those users will remember what you say, right? So you need to have a different kind of tonation. I didn't know it. It was scattered all around. Um, and I think that's something that really built me uh, or my own uh, personal brand uh, these days because I'm using a very differentiated, we can say, kind of tone of voice, very transparent. And... I, could, I could pick your post out of uh, 10 random posts on LinkedIn. I'd say 10 out of 10. Yeah, great. No great problem. So um, I, I learned about that um, um, as well. So it's all about um, how, you ex- how you deliver messages um, eventually. And I think that how to deliver messages is something that I help people to do today whether they are brands or, I don't know, who, if they look for new positions, right? When someone asks me if, if I know some sort of um, position uh, that some company they look for, so I told them, all right, let's build your messaging, you know, your self-messaging uh, box. Tell me your golden medals, what you did before, what, type, what, what title, what, what, what your, was your impact, um, and what, how many whatever people you manage. And let's do the same for what you're looking for, what type of, in what type of companies, what type of, what type of uh, title, and what you what is the expected impact from that? And then we have like a box of six bullet points of what you did and what you're going to do or what you're looking for, and it's so pinpointed that it's it's helping the recruiters or whatever and, and, you know the people who look for this position to understand who you are, what you're looking for, and if you have a good fit. So it's all about messaging. When did you realize? that you need to move on to your next venture? A few things happened, you know, in my personal life. I had my, se- my second daughter, and I think that then I started to feel more pressure over there. Then I needed to deliver because we almost went, or we planned to go, went public because we almost were acquired. So we need to hyper-deliver kind of things, whether they are activities or performance, or whatever they are. Then at one, uh, at one day I woke up, I couldn't get out of bed. So my back uh, was, how do you call it? Seized. A day after, um, I had this um, very ugly, and I'm not sure how to call it. In, uh, sort of an inflammation, if I remember. Uh, yeah, it was something on uh, yeah, yet on the back again. Maybe it's um, you know it's a, it's a sign. Both of these things are coming. You know, I'm quite fit and quite alright, but they are coming from different kind of aspects. Uh, probably you know mental aspects and psychological uh, aspects. I knew that I didn't slept well in the, you know previous few years, uh, but then probably something uh, physically telling me that. Um, Enough I cannot. Enough. I cannot go on. That was on a given. Uh, I think it was on a, on a Thursday morning, and then uh, we planned to go all the family to um, a weekend, in, like a vacation, you know, somewhere. And I, um, I was completely paralyzed. You know, I was so uh, down because I knew that something is wrong, and I knew that I couldn't deliver what I want to deliver. And then uh, once we've been in this weekend, um, I understood uh, with, with the help of my, uh, with Yeli, with my wife, that it's not about. Uh, that and it's not about that it's just about that it was too much um in this in this aspect uh so it's not just that um, you feel that you are um, um outgrowing the position and responsibility uh, that you that you manage but also the, the the pressure on the same time outgrows you right so um then you need to face um a, a reality where you cannot proceed so you are so busy with the girls with home with the company were you experiencing a lot of mental chatter? Today? Not at all, and I think that was part of the part of the thing. Because today, and and you mentioned my uh, social activities and uh, social media activities and all that, it's a therapy for me uh, to write things. I laugh when I write them. I cry when I when I when I write them. Um, I I proud or I'm or I'm not proud when I write, uh, write them and share them. I know that it will make good for someone that will uh, consume the content that I that I share. Uh, but for myself, it's to offload. Uh, what's going on in my heart, whether I'm speaking about my autistic uh, brother, whether I'm speaking about um, a success that we had in, in Zest or Webdo back then or whatever. So whatever I'm sharing is, I think, offloading a lot of whatever it is, feelings, we can say, whether it's stress or not, um, you know, elsewhere. And that's, then I think that I'd be able to do two things. First of all, to be less stressful and probably be more aware of who I am, where I'm uh, heading to, why I did this or that. Uh, does it make sense, uh, rhetorically speaking or not? You are a father of three daughters. Daughters. Yeah. How long have you known Yali? Wow, I think it's it's like um... hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jesus, like 26 years, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> How old I am? I say, it sounds so much. She, she's leading the education, um, uh, we could say, category in, in uh, national TV over there in, in, 12, in uh, Channel 12. Her career is uh, much more fierce uh, than, than, than mine. Uh, she needs a few more elbows um, uh, over there. Uh, but she also started, um, she didn't start as, you know, as a usual journalist over there, so she had her own unique uh, journey. And I believe that um, we didn't calculate anything as far as related to, you know, uh, giving birth again and again and again. Three girls in the space of how many years? Four years? Four, Four years, years, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. It is. Did you, did you realize what are the changes that you're going to have no. to do? No, nothing. We didn't even calculate, economically speaking, we didn't even uh, calculate it. And then we gave birth to Zest at some point as well, which is another, um, another girl uh, that I have. So... I think that um, what we're achieving these days is that all those um, wrenching wheels are coming together. They know how to work together uh, because each of the daughters have their own universe. Economically speaking, if you wanted to move fast in your career, you know, it's okay to partner with someone who is also very ambitious. These things feed off one another. But three girls in the middle of, like literally in the middle of your career skyrocketing, it wasn't a calculated move, no. right? No. What did you gain from going through that journey and what do you feel that maybe was taken away from you? I know how to juggle, juggle, you could say, a lot of um, uh, juggling balls. But at some point, and I, I use this metaphor uh, for my business, for Zest as well, when I speak with the team and, and all that. So we all can uh, juggle a lot of balls eventually. But what we need, and we know that some of them will fall down probably to earth, but once one of them falls down, it's all right. If you don't know what ball or which ball of them fell, then you're in a problem, right? So it's all right to, uh, to fuck up here and there, but you need to know where, what was the fuck up, why it happened, um, and what's going to stop and how it's going to affect how much it's going to cost others you, eventually. eventually. Like, what's, yeah. your, what's your tolerance for, for, for messing up? So essentially, what, what the family taught you is that you can juggle a lot more balls than, than you thought. I think that also from, from looking from the outside. And to fuck up a lot of times as well. Yeah, right. That's part of the part of things. Um, attention to each one of the daughters, of course. Something we cannot um, do is in, in, in the amount they want to do. Did you and Yali have a conversation about like, hey, listen, I'm going to need you to slow down your career because we're building a family. Is that something that happened? All the time we are pointing out for each other, uh, to each other, we could say, about um, how um, the way that we built ourselves professionally is affecting um, the way that we um, operate, we can say in a cold, in a cold way, the, the family. 
you know, you, you need tools and you need to do to build operations around uh, the family as, as the basics. And then um, around that, you can build, uh, you know, maybe it will sound a little bit awkward, but then you can really be more available in your thoughts to uh, develop the relationship and the dynamics and to understand how to actually operate uh, the, the, uh, the family, what everyone needs to do in the morning, right? At the beginning, no one knows and everything taking so much time. And eventually you understand how to explain them and to create this kind of dynamics uh, around operations that uh, make things flow much easier. One of the best parts of our phone conversations is when I hear you speak to the girls. Yeah. I love it. I learn so much about you when I hear you communicate with them. And if there's two of them causing chaos and you have to change how you <laughs> communicate yeah. between one and another, I, I learn so much from hearing you speak like that, adjusting your tone of voice, your assertiveness, sounding like you're available, knowing that I will wait until you finish what's important to that. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And we need to speak about Zest. Give me the elevator pitch for the company. All right, Zest is, um, is like um, the workforce front page uh, for everything that relates to information and knowledge. Uh, we actually unify all the information and knowledge sources into one place. Then we build, um, we can say, an intelligent layer that knows how to deliver information and knowledge to every team member, wherever they are, whatever time zone they work at, uh, and whatever tools they use. So we know how to deliver the right information and knowledge uh, within the you know, working apps, whether they are. Or Slack or communication apps or task management apps like manet.com, etc., etc. We um, increase productivity in organizations about uh, 20% because we kill, almost kill um, everything related to search activities. We believe that search is something that is so centralized and, and, and all dated and we all get used to it, right? If you need to find something, you go to search it. We believe that information knowledge should come to you, not the other way around. And for organizations with thousands or tens of thousands of employees, if you'll uh, multiply those 20% by the salaries that have been wasted today for searching information, for waiting that someone will tell you where this piece of content or document is saved, so you know, that can save a lot of money. And there's also the part of, uh, of content that is validated, meaning I want to make sure that my, uh, my, my employees or my team or my co-founders read specific types of content that, that will benefit and feed our conversation instead of bringing, you know, far-fetched ideas that they came across in, on the internet, which is another part of what Zest is doing. So it's mm -hmm. the right content to the right people at the right time, uh, taking out the hassle of searching for it and drowning in a sea of information. Yeah. Now, uh, quick fire. You started building Zest while already working for a different company. Was there any uh, purpose behind it? Was it a side hustle? It started as a side project. It was me, um, Idan, and we had another... Um... A partner back then and it was you know it was an idea uh, we said all right let's bring in uh, let's order some pizzas we um, had there we, we took Airbnb apartment uh, in the vet Sedek over in, in Tel Aviv we closed the doors uh, for three days and we we built the product uh, which was so different from what we have today um, and it started like that it became weekend again you know we added, added another juggling ball so uh, it was a weekend project and then it tends to be a weekend and Tuesdays a project because I um, started to uh, let go, you say, uh, you know, my position at Webidoo very gradually. So it was like weekends and Tuesdays and it was weekend, Tuesday and Wednesdays. And then uh, after a month, after a, a, few, a, few, a few months, it became full-time job. What about IP and the legal rights to the product? You were working full-time. How did you manage that, that you get to build and, and own Zest? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question because uh, we worked, I worked closely with Shmulik, with the CEO. Again, we were great friends um, at the beginning and they, even my, in my uh, la, uh, last period of time at Webidoo. When he was very supportive and he, he even pushed and said, all right, we need to put it in a contract. So no one, no one of our investors, no one of, uh, from the team, no one will... Uh, ask for you know, an IP permission or, some, or, we'll took, or we'll take over or we'll sue you if you will succeed so you or, were, or if Webidoo will not. So he so, covered my ass over there. So you were 100% transparent from the get-go? Yeah, yeah. yeah we what did, did you say? Did you, did, did you say like, listen, I need to build this thing? I'm... Yeah, it's, it's burning within myself. I need to, I need to put it uh, together. It's an idea that I think it will, um, that might take off. I'm not sure how it will uh, continue, how it will progress, if it will succeed or not. But it's something I need to, um, to do. I need to make it uh, very clear and transparent and in a very organized manner. So that, that was my, we could say, pitch. 
you left Webidoo to start Zest and you were the CEO of the company. You were the business person, you were the marketing person. And as the company aggregates content for marketing professionals, naturally, you were the right person to lead that company. Mm-hmm. How long were you the CEO? Almost for one year. Almost for one year. Yeah. And that year bootstrapped, right? You yeah. worked out of um, WeWork? We managed to fundraise $700,000 uh, because we kicked off Zest a little bit before that, right? Mm-hmm. So it was bootstrapped for a few months. And then it grew quite good. Then we managed to um, fundraise a pre-seed round. And today, fast forward another year, and you're no longer the CEO of the company. Yeah. What happened? So, um, you know, at, at some point uh, when the company started uh, to grow and to be more business-focused, uh, So two things. First of all, the period of time when we had to build Zest as, as a brand, I think that the brand was the first product that we created at, at Zest or the fully or the more, more complete kind of product. So it was back then, it was good that I uh, hold the, the, the company's range. reins back then. Um, and at some point, uh, we, we understood that we need to um, increase the business model in order to be more fundable and, of course, to be more sustainable um, and all that. So I started to work a lot of, uh, and we talked it, about it back then, bringing in uh, B2B uh, clients to start what we call the pilot uh, Zest for Teams. And it was a good success, um, a good enough success. And we had um, b- huge brands that uh, um, joined paid pilot um, uh, back then. That was a core focus. We know that we, need, we needed revenues. It was before COVID-19 and all that. So it's good that we started it back then. Um, and then at the, at the same time, what we did is that uh, the product was mature enough and the done started to Uh, I think it was in uh, New York, he started to meet um, different investors or angel investors and VCs, and we saw that he's really good at it. He's like really good at it. I think that he knows how to build a good uh, a pitch. Above all, he knows how to build, to build um, a prominent presence in a meeting, whether it's a face-to-face or Zoom call. And it seems that he's been able to communicate with, um, with um, investors in a much more authentic, uh, authentic way, but in authentic investing way. Right. Yeah. It's not um, it's a business, uh, um, we can say, orienta- orientation that he have that he's really good at. And then we said that it, um, and he wanted, um, back then we decided I will do the CEO. It was quite, I don't know, we, we both agreed uh, on that. But we all the time discussed about what will happen if we can change positions. Uh, we are very, I think, you know, Zest culture. We are very, I don't know, different, uh, we can say. We, understand, we understood that if we can change executive positions, if we can change director positions or head of department positions, why we cannot change CEO position as well. And then we decided to do so. It was super tough, but there was no ego or something uh, uh, like that. And I think that once we did it, once we did it back then, I gained more life, right? Although it's just a title and we both do, you know, almost the same position eventually as far as we like to manage the company. But now Idan is leading the agenda, he's leading the strategy. Um, he's leading the, um, uh, the path and he's also leading the funding uh, effort. And I, I look on, on, on this guy from the side and I, I, to- I tell him, I, I cannot believe you're so good at it. Like, it's amazing to see you from the side operating us like that. In the last team meeting, that, uh, a kickoff meeting that we had a few, a few weeks ago, I told the team that um, just look what's going on around you. So many startups uh, in our stage or, uh, you know, more older startups or younger startups just, been shut down. Disappeared. Yeah, they're not there. And people are looking for jobs to work. The, the, the reality of the COVID-19 is, is crazy. I just told to the team, whatever we'll do at Zest, no one knows. Um, I think that you know, it's a leadership kind of thing, but no one knows how it will, uh, how it will end, if it will, uh, if it will actually end, if it will be acquisition, if it will be a, a merger, if it will be an IPO, if it will be whatever, it will be a, you know, a very sustainable and profitable company. But we all uh, know that the path that we are working on is right. We feel complete with the path uh, and we, with our journey. And again, we don't need to say thank you for each other because we had mutual, uh, our own mutual efforts to lead us to where we are here. But I definitely, we definitely need to say to Idan, thank you uh, for operating the business that way that is um, sustainable for at least 12 more months. And we can all be... Um, not, stress, not to add another layer of stress as far as related to let's find a job or something to do because we need to close the, the company or something like that. So we're in a very good uh, position at this point and it's all about Idan's and the way that he's uh, leading the, the company. To close the loop on that story, what was Idan's title before he took the reins as CEO? He was um, CTO um, and, and he managed the product, so CTO and CPO. So 
in, in, we talk in the show that sometimes a startup requires you to change your position, uh, that sometimes you're no longer fit for your own position. Yep. And what happened here is that you've built, the company needed a marketing person as a CEO uh, to do a big splash when it was first released and establish partnerships, but it needed someone else to convince investors and, and second wave customers that this technology works, how is it going to solve the problems and so on. And you just change that from within the company. Yeah. Zero ego, full trust. Totally. And we shared this story as well. We have like a great article. It has been shared a lot of times over here and in, and exactly like that. It was all about branding and marketing and creating and building a huge community and having a huge user base. Uh, before that, we gained a lot of knowledge, data and statistics from that. And now Idan is leading the company to become a much more technological kind of company with orientation. Last question. We started off with your motivation. You mentioned money being one of them. We said it's not as superficial as it might come across. You Build Zest is a super, super lean company with a huge community. Uh, talk to us a little bit, just two minutes about the structure and about how it serves the purpose of, of maximizing the potential revenue getting out of the company at the end of the day and also how it helped you uh, cope with COVID. You know, it's two, we have two, two, two ways for that and look really, uh, really super fast. We've been able to stay close to our users. We, today we call them zesters. We don't use the word users because we feel that it's like really object, uh, objectifying uh, them. Exactly, yeah. So the, our zesters, um, I think they, are, they own our success um, um, to start with and eventually. And uh, we've been able to stay close to them to understand uh, who they are, what they need, what the lingo they use, what is the jargon, how we should change them, uh, the product. We created a lot of, um, a lot of big people became employees, we can say, at, um, at Zest, uh, like volunteered employees. They just came, built something, and, and left, you know, to do other things in other places. All in all, we had something like, I think, 25 people that um, came and, and left. We want to keep the company small and lean as far as related to the um, organizational structure and the amount of employees and all that. Uh, so it's like a team of professionals that can generate a lot of uh, uh, value. And I think that that's something that is, you know, it's so... It's like our core uh, uh, DNA to be very acceptive, to be very empathetic, we can say, to listen to others, to know that we don't know um, everything. And I think that if you've been that um, acceptive, you've been able to, um, to have um, a sixth or to build a sixth sense of not just hearing things and say, yeah, all right, but we know, we know best. But you also understand how to build the culture. You understand how you need to change the, the product. You, need, you know how you need to uh, change the organizational structure, as, as you mentioned about being the, am I the CEO, the CEO uh, or not, or what we need right now in order to gain the next, mi- uh, to get to the next milestone. And it seems that all, all this, it sounds very mindful, but ve- all this accepting, acceptiveness and openness uh, led us to where we are today, that we are, you know, um, a sustainable business that grows and have um, a deep technology as far as related to the, um, um, to the way that we, integrate with other solutions, the way that we created, as you mentioned, strategic partnerships with tier one kind of brands and the way that our um, Zesters use the product eventually. And above all, uh, the amount of users or Zesters that tell about Zest to others. We know today that 87% of the users spread the word about Zest, so at least 87% of them told about Zest to others. So I think that's the core you know, that's the, that's the deliverable eventually that we bring to the table. And one of the things that investors look in as a company is, okay, how much, how much can this company go? How much equity is still left to give? Uh, what's the potential return on it? And you've been very, very careful with giving out equity and with keeping the company super, super small, minimizing the amount of executive hires you guys are doing in order to make sure that you can run in a very lean manner that if crisis hits or if you have to go back to bootstrapping, you can do that because essentially it's taking out, it's cutting off your salaries, but no layoffs, no distractions. Once you even told me, listen, once a company gets big enough, it starts a, a self-preservation. So mm-hmm. it's, about, it's about how people feel at work. It's about making sure that everyone is happy and it's about harmonizing and orchestrating the whole thing. And it's counterproductive to building a product. Uh, we need to operate without ego. We need to operate uh, with disregard to other people's feelings, not because they're not important, because they're not the most important thing in what we're trying to achieve. And in order to do that, you need flat hierarchy, a small team that can speak at eye level, you know, deal with feedback, handle feedback. And I think this is what you guys have done brilliantly. We are just about to wrap up. 
um, usually people listen to podcasts at you know 1.25 1.5 of the speed i think this would be the one episode of startup nightmare that people <laughs> have to slow down slow down for Anything we didn't cover that you feel is fundamental to understanding your perspectives and experience? Not really. I, I didn't uh, prepare myself uh, for that, but I can tell you that, uh, I th- and again, it's all true to, you know, to our current global uh, reality. I think that empathy is something that is, um, a, we can say, left uh, behind at these kind of, uh, of days. It's nothing too formal. Uh, I think that, um, again, it's both to start with and eventually we are all humans. And I think that um, if we'll be able to, Um, I, I give around 15% of my time to help others uh, to find new jobs uh, or to, um, to new jobs to find uh, people. And I think that um, every one of us should ask, ask, ask themselves what they can do in order to help others grow or to be uh, more complete with their feelings or what, with what they do. I think it's so, it's so crucial. And I believe that, um, and maybe it sounds too bombastic, but um, I believe that the new currency, it's all about uh, mutual, mutual help. And I think that it's something that, no, that a lot of people are not that aware of. And um, maybe the higher you are in, in whatever the hierarchy you are, you are at, uh, the more impact uh, you have. Brands and companies will be remembered by the way that they treat the humans that they have, whether they are within their organization, whether they are their clients, whether they are their users. And uh, brands will be remembered, as I said, how they treat the humans that are within or under them. So that's, let's just remember that and every one of us can take it to wherever they want. I know that I spend enough time to help others and I hope that other people can, you know, pass it forward. I think it's a huge value that's coming out of the ecosystem here, the mutual accountability. Yeah. This is how knowledge is dissipated among the, among the people who live and work here. And with that, Yam, we'll finish off. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to come. It was an absolute pleasure. It could have lasted four hours, but yeah. it'll have to wait until Thank season two. Thank you so much two. for having me. Our pleasure. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 